Welcome to the On The Green Podcast, where we'll give you the latest news and events from the world of golf and spotlight golf courses from around Northeast Florida and the First Coast. We'll take you inside the ropes with interviews, strategies for playing the courses, and get a tip from the head professional. Each show will also feature an interview with a prominent golf insider. They'll share firsthand stories and insights you won't hear anywhere else. Now, here's your host of On The Green, Tim Eiley. Hello, and welcome to another edition of On The Green Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Eiley. We're coming to you from Studio Podcast Suites here in Jacksonville, Florida. You can find this podcast on your favorite podcast platform or check us out on our website, onthegreenconsulting.com. There you can also find my monthly blog, which I hope you'll enjoy. Now, we've got something special for the listeners this week. This is the first of four podcasts in a new series, Countdown to Players. Over the next four weeks leading into the March 8th through 14th Players Championship, I'll be interviewing members of the team that produce one of the world's most prestigious golf tournaments, the Players Championship. I hope you'll enjoy what I hope will be an annual On the Green podcast series. So it's going to be a great show. So welcome to the 19th edition of On the Green podcast. Those of us lucky enough to live in Northeast Florida understand the magnitude of the Players Championship on our region and will recognize the name Jared Rice. Jared is the executive director of the PGA Tour's flagship tournament, returning to the stadium course at TPC Sawgrass March 8th through the 14th. He has been at the helm of the players since 2017, helping to grow the event and its tremendous charitable giving platform that has generated over $100 million to date. So, Jared, welcome to On the Green Podcast. Good morning. Thanks for having me on and uh, happy to do it. We're, we're really excited. We're about a month out from the, the 2021 event, and uh, I think you would probably agree that uh, your listeners would agree that a lot has happened in the course of the last uh, the last year, and our, our world's certainly a little bit different. But uh, we're really looking forward to being able to uh, you know, complete the complete compete and complete the tournament, and have some fans out there to to enjoy it. So we're looking forward to it. Well, let's just uh, take a quick look back to March twelfth of twenty twenty, the day that uh, we'll live in infamy. When when that happened, um, you know, everybody kind of the world kind of stopped not only in golf, but everywhere. So take us back to that day and then what that was like, and then um, we can start talking about 2021. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, as, as you look back, um, yeah, I, I've done it a, you know, a fair few times, but, um, you know, a couple of things immediately jump out to me, and it's it's one, uh, thinking about our team here, just kind of how, how we're wired. And by that, I mean, you have 16 full-time people thinking about the players championship. We have you know, 700 members of the PGA tour across the, the, the globe that really put, go all in the week of the players championship and kind of who we are is we're everybody's home course, um, players, sponsors, volunteers, and our staff work so hard to put on a really great show. And, you know, the, the idea of like throwing a really great event and, and not being able to see it to completion is, um, you know, it was disappointing because we work really hard to make sure everyone has a great time out here. That's what drives us. Um, Absolutely. but our team, um, uh, but we're you know, super proud of how you immediately said, you know, we didn't, 
it kind of didn't dwell on it, but but immediately started thinking about about 2021, um, and, and certainly some stories to share there. Number two, I would say our our volunteers, mm-hmm. and as you think about 2,300 volunteers that are out here, um, the idea that um, you know Andy Carroll had been a you know was our tournament chair and had been part of the volunteer leadership for many 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 years, and this is his moment. Um, that really never keep, he's going to be the only tournament chairman, um, knock on wood that, that doesn't have a champion. And so to think about the work that he had put in, um, yeah, I was, I was equally as disappointed for, for Andy because it's, um, he, he put a lot of sweat equity into this, but, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, uh, I know it's a really long answer that he had so much happened so quickly that day and, you know, getting to a point where, we had to make the responsible decision and, uh, you know, the most informed decision at the time to you know, first go with no fans. And then in light of how much the environment is changing so quickly, ultimately, uh, cancel the tournament. That, that was just, yeah, that was, it's still surreal. Yeah. I think for most people, especially for you and your team. <laughs> Let's, well, and, and this is just a quick, a quick, you know, I'll tell you one quick story because I'm, I'm, I'm a talker. So you're going to have to <laughs> cut me off um, is, you know, think about it's one of those moments where you, you go through all the evaluation. We were educating ourselves. We were you know, just asking the, the medical community, the, all the resources available to us at the you know, federal state and local level. You know, to, it, it's, the, it's the aircraft adage. Um, you know, we had people coming out, we had fans, we had volunteers, we have our players. And, and, and when the decision was made, now you immediately shift, right? To to how how do we get people to safely get to where they need to be? And I remember calling our um, we have a small travel staff, and I remember calling them at about nine forty five on Thursday night and said, um, "Hey, can can we bring some people on because we you know our, our players need to get home?" And right, you know, sure enough, they had a staff of six ready to take phone calls and start rebooking flights that night and and the call certainly came when we when we canceled so it's the, what goes on behind the scenes is pretty incredible in a normal environment but when that when that happened uh it, it was uh it was just a, it was an incredible team effort to make sure everyone got home safely exactly right so i'm assuming uh that the the excitement level is pretty high uh with you and your team right now is like you said as we're closing in on the start of the 47th players championship Yes, uh, <laughs> excitement um, is is can't can't describe it any any better than that. I mean, it's what we work for, and um, you know, it's been it's been many months in the making. So, yeah, I think this year we'll we'll look a little bit different, but we're really looking forward to the opportunity to, to host fans, to um, crown a champion, to you know, think about how you know this is really a super season of events in the PGA Tour. Uh, the idea that what we were able to do going back to the events of, of Thursday, May t- March 12th, when we took steps as a, as a tournament and as a league to, um, you know, organizationally figure out, Hey, how could we stage this event without fans? That immediate, that was the first, that March 12th meeting at three thirty. that was the start of how do we come back? Right. And, um, you know, to think about it was the framework for how we got back at Charles Schwab in Fort Worth. You have 30 weeks or so uh, of tournament golf. It's been great for fans and uh, in virtual environments, and we're really excited to 
have him back, although in a limited way, uh, in, in person, uh, starting, starting March 9th. And, you know, the players championship is far from just a golf tournament. Uh, it is an absolute economic machine here in Northeast Florida. So kind of give our listeners an idea of the economic impact of the tournament in this region. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I think it's when you look at a few key stats really tell that story. Um, when you consider from you know, Jacksonville International Airport that it's the you know, second busiest week of the year in terms of uh, passenger traffic, only second to Thanksgiving. I think I think Christmas may have may have gotten us uh, a couple of years ago, but we're right up there, mm-hmm, right, <laughs> the second or third. Um, and then you consider you know, some of the hoteliers in the community, Duval County specifically, where the um, week of the players highest uh, hotel occupancy rate of the year, uh, highest revenue per per hotel room of the year. So, you know, those are a couple of just anecdotal pieces of information that show really how how many fans are coming in. And then you think about the PGA Tour as a global uh, media and entertainment company that is based in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida, and and all the people that descend here, um, you know, it's just it's it's incredible. And you know, I've I've used the you know thought about you know consider it being like uh, you know akin to the the, the PGA, you know, the, the New York Yankees hosting seven consecutive game sevens uh, in Yankee Stadium, and Major League Baseball owns those fran- that franchise. Like mm-hmm. that's how how much centralization is going on with with the tour and, and the players, and um, it, it, it's one part that and one part Allen and Co. If you're familiar with the the, the groupthink meeting that happens out in Idaho. Um, you know, we have a lot of industry leaders that are here thinking about the future of our sport. And that's a, that's a really energizing thing. That's just, that's incredible. And I also charity, as I mentioned in the opening, um, you know, the players has generated over a hundred million dollars, uh, to charity, uh, to date. And so what, what does that charitable impact mean to, you know, local organizations here? Well, I've used the, you know, I've, I've talked about or, or referenced uh, a number of times that I think it really motivates us and drives us as a team where Commissioner Beeman said it years ago that you know, viewed the Players' Championship as a public trust and um, and its mission to, to give back to Northeast Florida. And, um, you know, certainly the numbers you mentioned are in, incredible, staggering, almost so, so, so impactful it's hard to even imagine, but it's, 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 it's true. And it's, and it's, and it's happened in, in amazing ways. But, um, you know, I, you know, to me, I think the, the tangible, you know, evidence or, you know, times where you see our players and our leadership rallying behind that mission, like the day after our cancellation where Billy and Brittany Horschel were loading unused food into uh, trucks to get to feeding Northeast Florida, um, on Friday after the tournament and, and Saturday, um, our staff and along with Commissioner Monahan, uh, serving the homeless at Soulsbacker Center in downtown Jacksonville with some of that unused food. Now, that's not necessarily, you know, direct cash resources like you mentioned, but it, it, it's um, it's how we're invested, and this is our home. And I think those are some great examples of how our our leadership and our our players um, lead by example. Absolutely, that was that was absolutely awesome to see. 
all that food going out uh, to people in need um, last year. Now, how are the benefiting charities, how are they chosen uh, each year? Well, it's, um, we, have, we benefit about 300, and there's various ways in which charities in, in the area can work with the Players Championship. And we have some du- uh, direct grant opportunities. We have some leveraged opportunities. And, um, you know, those are, those are, there's a, there's a grant process and an evaluation process that we go through each year. But I think the macro look on it or the quick answer is really focusing on our youth here in Northeast Florida. And we're looking at ways we can help that through character development in underserved and underrepresented communities, um, health and wellness, uh, and again, in, in the in the youth um, category, if you will, um, and education. Okay. And uh, yeah, th- those are those are areas of focus for us, but not to the exclusion of other very worthy charities. But we felt like if we had a a, a focus on specific areas of need, and I just named those three, mm-hmm. that we could make a meaningful, lasting impact. Um, I mean, folks like. Now Washington and his foundation, now by Washington Foundation and their youth center that they built, and one of the deadliest zip codes in, in the state of Florida, you know, we were able to provide a matching grant that, you know, closed the, um, you know, nearly a, a half a million dollar funding gap he had in a matter of a week through a matching grant that we're super proud of. And, you know, there's a gorgeous new facility there that is, is helping kids get on the right path. And those are the types of things that we want to support. And you also support some other great, great causes, you know, other activities that happen during the week um, that those of us here, we know about because we, we see it on the news, but I'm, I'm speaking specifically to operation shower and the Patriots outpost and a few others that, uh, that go on kind of behind the scenes more or less. Yeah. So our, uh, you know, I think for anyone in Northeast Florida knows either by uh, <laughs> just what they hear overhead on a daily basis between the uh, between NAS Jacks and, and Mayport, there's a, clearly a, a military presence here in town, right. and we, we we could not be more thankful for their their service. And between active, retired, reserve, military, we have a number of programs that um, em- embrace that community. We have had a long history of, of, uh, of a relationship with the local bases and, and, and military installations. There's five of them within two hours of, of uh, TPC Sawgrass. So we have complimentary ticket programs that we've had in the past. So those, those will be different this year and a little more limited given our limited capacity that we're facing. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, um, it, it's a tremendous group and, and, you know, beyond those that are in that active retired reserve military community, we also look for, for ways to help charities that focus on benefiting specific needs of our military, uh, like Operation Shower, where, you know, we're able to provide, you know, 40 plus deserving moms each year a shower. And just last year, uh, one, one particular mom thanked my wife and I, and, you know, it's, it's hardly my doing. And, um, you know, her comment was, without this, I, I wouldn't have had a shower. And her husband was deployed at the time. That really hit us. And that there's that's that's in our community. So we, we want to help. And, um, you know, it, uh, 
it's just a small thing that we can do. Well, I think it's fantastic. Anytime we can support the military that, you know, I mean, talking about people that uh, are out there putting their lives online for us. Um, I think it's wonderful. So you all do a fantastic job. I've been a part of operation shower in the past. And obviously I've, I've, poked my head in the Patriots outpost a couple of times and, and they are just so thankful uh, for the support as well. And those of you that are going to be out there this year, if you have a chance to just thank somebody in uniform, I think it's uh, it's always a wonderful thing. Um, so a lot of people look at players championship as the fifth major. What, what, what is your take on, on where the you know, players championship ranks uh, on the PGA tour? Well, as, as you might suspect, <laughs> the director of the, of the, of the tournament, um, you know, you, you probably could guess my answer. But, um, you know, what we talk about here as a team is that we're, we're one of one. And I, and, and, I, and I think that's very true in that when you look at what makes up this tournament competitively, it's a democratic golf course. So that means you have to have every shot in your bag executed with precision for four straight days. Uh, that, that's not a, to the again. That's not at uh, to, to the exclusion of other majors. But I think it's 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 clear that competitively you have to do everything here. You got to be accurate. You got to have a great second shot, um, and and putting is at a premium. You look at the field. We are statistically the 144 best golfers, and Fred Funk reminds me all the time how we would love to come back, literally, um, as a, as a past champion to, to play in our field. And our, and our only exemption is we have a five year exemption for our past champ or for a champion, and the senior players champion uh, gets into the field. And I jokingly say, "Well, this is for the senior players, and we'd love to right. have you." Right, exactly. Um, but that's it. But 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 that's it. So statistically. You're, you're playing on a neutral course against statistically the best players, and um, you're doing it in, in normal circumstances under, you know, crowds of fans, you know, large crowds and, and you know, deep groups of fans that, you know, are just you know, you know, energizing and enthusiastic, and, and, and that is an element of, of the competition. And we all know that there's a you know, defining moments that happen throughout this golf course that uh, really propel you one way or the other. And while a lot of that happens on 17, um, for obvious reasons, it's not the only place that it happens. And I think that's, again, just goes to show how, um, you know, really unique and one of a kind, this, this property, this tournament is. Well, you know, the other thing is that, you know, you all were, you know, the players championship was in March for many, many years and kind of kicked off the major season, uh, then moved to May, which would be following the masters. And now it's back in March. So how do you feel about the, the return to March? Does that, does that get you back into that opening slot of, uh, of really major golf that's going to happen all the way through August? Yeah, I think when you, you know, you look at the, um, the overall cadence of the the schedule for you know this tournament to be the start of a season of championships, uh, in, you know, and, and even in this in this uh, wraparound season that is is pretty incredible for, for any and all golf fans. 
you know, that, that that's going to be an outlier. Um, but when you look at, you know, quote unquote, normal year, the opportunity to uh, get into the March uh, section of the calendar really kicks off, in, in my view, the, 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 the championship uh, season. And we, we love that position. And competitively, you know, and I'm a, you know, as far as I go on the agronomy side is, is, you know, mowing my, my own lawn, (laughs) but, um, you know, Jeff Plotz and team have done an amazing job in terms of the overseed and the transition. Not only does it look beautiful, but as we do this more and more by that, I mean, the overseed and the shift, um, to a cool weather grass, the, the, the property is going to get used to it. We're going to be better at it. And the conditions for the 2021 event are, are going to be absolutely fantastic. And so um, I think we're in a really, really great position. Well, I know we're all extremely excited. And you all announced that uh, you're going to have attendance at 20%, uh, which is great. Mm-hmm. So there will be people on the on the golf course. Um, was there any effect to the, the corporate sponsorship side? I mean, did you, I mean, we're used to seeing, you know, all kinds of venues out there. Uh, what's going to happen with the corporate hospitality side? Well, um, yeah, we have, we have announced a limited fan capacity that is, you know, based on our prioritization of, of health and safety for everybody, players, our volunteers, and fans. So we really looked at what can we do in a responsible way. And, you know, hospitality structures will look a little bit different. There'll be less of them naturally right. uh, in light of a limited capacity. They'll, they'll um, uh, you know, be, be modified. They'll be more open air in nature. But, um, you know, I think for, for fans, the, the key thing is, looking at the arrival to departure, how can we get in fan, you know, how can we get fans to come into the property, enter the property, um, in a safe way. So we have, you know, contactless modes of entry and exit in terms of digital tickets and digital parking and kiosks for, for scanning tickets. Uh, same thing for all on-site commerce, merchandise, food, otherwise. Um, and then when you're on site, you're going to be asked to, to, Wear a mask, watch your distance, wash your hands, the, the three W's. Right. And while that isn't, that, that isn't going to be something that, um, you know, we, we expect to be long term. This is what, this is an opportunity for this community and those that are in this position to be able to come out to show the world that this area can support a, a major champion, you know, a major sporting event and, in our hometown and do it very, very responsibly. So we can go out and have a great time. We still have local restaurants and the golf will be incredible. But as we think about where this tournament is telecast goes, we have a, we have an opportunity as a community to, to show how, how responsible we all can be. Well, I mean, the PGA tour has proven that with their COVID protocols, obviously in, in all the sports, they're probably uh, the best at it. Um, so I know everybody that comes on site is going to be going to be very very safe, and since it is limited capacity, um, and talking to Emily a little bit in your marketing department, I understand that you've got some programs that are actually going to bring the Players Championship out to the community. Yeah, and I, I would I would ask listeners to continue to visit our website, theplayers.com. Follow us on social and digital. 
after the podcast, uh, make sure you go and, and like and, and bookmark our, our pages. Over the course of the next month, you will see you know, a number of programs coming to the community, whether that is you know, socially distanced uh, watch parties at our um, top restaurant partners and working with our um, you know, partners like Anheuser-Busch to do some fun things related to Brooks and their products in, in local restaurants, and we can have some fun doing that. Um, there'll be virtual engagements for, for the community that I think will be fun and, and um, interesting and a way to stay connected. We have every shot live coming back. So that was something that was new in 2020, whereby through our PGA Tour Live platform, fans could see every shot by every player live for all four rounds. That had never been done in golf. And while we got through one round this year, we're going to get through four. And that is a that is a technology that allows every fan to, to follow what's happening out here live. And um, some other charitable programs that I think will... Uh, be really appealing and, and energizing and, and fun for the uh, community to get behind and look at that as a way to, to when we're staying connected and, and doing those types of things, it allows us to continue to make not only economic and charitable impacts, but also set this up for even bigger things and, and coming back to, to normal, if you will, in, in 2022. Well, I'd say the final thing is the the, the final thing is, um, if you're not planning to come out, uh, play golf. Go to Top Golf. Uh, go, you know, play mini golf with your with your with your families, and you know, engage around the sport and engage around the tournament. Even doing it remotely um, makes a tremendous amount of impact for us and allows us to continue to do great things, uh, even in even in this limited environment. Well, you guys, you guys do it really, really well. Everything you do. Um, had the opportunity to be around the players championship for the past what 25 years. Um, it's always, you know, we call it the flagship event of the PGA tour. Well, it's probably the best run event on the PGA tour. So we really appreciate you, Jared. I know how busy you are for giving us a behind the scenes look at the largest sporting event in Northeast Florida for sure. And, and one of the largest in the world. And thank you for your time. And we wish you and your team the best of luck this year. Well, I appreciate you having me on and uh, to your listeners for, for listening and uh, look forward to seeing them soon and more of them in, in 2022. So let's, let's talk again soon. Sounds great. We've been talking with the Players' Championship Executive Director, Jared Rice. We'll be right back. Well, that's all the time we have for this show. I really appreciate you listening and hope you'll let all of your friends and colleagues know about the show as well. And I hope you enjoyed the first installment of Countdown to Players. I'd like to thank my guest, Jared Rice. He's the Executive Director of the Players Championship. Next week, we'll spend some time with Senior Director of Tournament Operations, Todd Tatarek, who will share with us just what it takes to put on the flagship event of the PGA Tour. Again, you can find On the Green Podcast on your favorite podcast platform, or check us out on our website, onthegreenconsulting.com. And if you have ideas for future shows, please send me an email, tim at onthegreenconsulting.com. I'm your host, Tim Eiley, and until next time, try to keep it in the short grass.